You're listening to KXOB Ocean Beach, where Constancy's the spice of life. Welcome to Beach Cop Detectives, a Terriers podcast, episode three, Change Partners. I'm Randy Lander from the TV Dudes, and with me this time is Nate Bliss, regular on the TVI podcast. Hello, Randy. So, Nate, you requested this episode specifically when I started talking about the Terriers podcast. I did. And I believe it was the last nine minutes that really got you. I started watching this show at your behest. I've heard that a lot, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you are quite the... Uh, I'm the Terriers ter- pusher man. The Terriers pusher man, the Terriers prophet. We can call you Beach City Prophet, maybe. The Beach City Prophet. Beach City I kind of like it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Hashtag that, everybody. Uh, <laughs> Ocean Beach Prophet. The Ocean, Ocean Beach, Beach Ocean Beach. That's right. Or the Prophet of Ocean Beach. That actually, that's Ooh. that sings. The Ooh. Prophet of Ocean Beach. Yeah. Ooh, I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, when I first started watching it, I enjoyed it because the first two episodes are very strong. Yeah. Uh, case of the week, kind of. You know, I was like, hey, this is a damn good private eye show. Right. This it, episode, yeah. for me, it started off as, oh, yeah, it's an unfaithful life job. Okay. It's a case of the week, yeah. But it starts off as one thing and it turns into something completely different yeah. midway through. And for me, the last nine minutes of this episode has, it's, so, it's such a tight sequence. There are so many twists and turns that happened. My opinion of Hank changed so much over, over those few minutes and it, and it ends with some, well we'll get into it yeah we'll get into it, it, it at it, the end yeah like, there's just so many twists and turns and it's tight and it resolves everything that, that the episode brought up and it hints at so much more when I saw this for the first time I was floored and I was like I'm in this, yeah. this show has its teeth in me and I and it won't let go yeah, so we're going to get into more specifics, but let's start with, this episode was directed by Guy Furland. This is his only Terriers episode. He had uh, directed 13 episodes of The Shield prior to this, Ooh. and post this, he's done a bunch of work, but most notable probably is he's done six episodes of Walking Dead, 12 episodes of Sons of Anarchy, and 12 episodes of Elementary. And then this episode is written by, of course, Ted Griffin is involved, as well as uh, staff writers Leslie Headland and John Worley, who wrote on every episode of Terriers. Okay. But the interesting thing is the other writer credited here is Beef Sutton from Cheers. Really? Uh, yeah, I was shocked to see that. And it's interesting because you look at it, and I don't know that I see anything in Cheers. Maybe some of the banter between Hank and Britt, but I, I ascribe that to, to Griffin. But I'm curious to what extent like Sutton contributed to this episode. Leslie Headland, who's one of the staff writers, also wrote the 2014 About Last Night and Sleeping with Other People. And I wondered if that might have been something involved with the arguably A plot of this series about the wife and the husband and the philandering and that kind of thing. But really, the question I have is, do you think that's the A plot with Hank and Miriam and Armand, or is the A-plot Katie and Ray and Britt? That's a good question. Both plots uh, seem on equal footing in this episode. You know, it doesn't seem like there's less time dedicated to one or the other. I personally think the A-plot is the case, Hank and Miriam and Armand, simply because, I mean, before the credits run, that seems to be what's at stake with this episode. You know, Britt and Hank kind of discussing, what happens if you can't get this home loan? Right. Well, then our deposit is forfeit. That's true. It and, does involve uh, Brett. You're right. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about how there's so much of this episode is partners and ex-partners. And the end of the previous episode was Gustafson sort of warning Brit that, you know, you've been you've been partnering Hank for, for how long? You know, yeah. About a year? Two yeah. years? It's like, it's all good. Hank's a great guy. He will hurt you. He will let you down. He will let yeah. you down at some point. Yeah. Uh, and that's on Brit's mind. Well, that's a good point, because this is a show that is prior to the serialization that we've seen so much. I mean, The Sopranos and some of those were running, but really, serialization now is like the de facto way of things run. There was definitely a strong arc from the very first episode with the whole Montague and all that stuff going on. Sure. 
But the things continuing on the way they did like that is something that was fairly new and not really required of a show at this point. And I think it's one of the things Terrors does well. But one of the things I want to mention here was that this gets more into Britt and Katie and Hank and their relationship. It does. Because when Ray and Katie are having their dinner conversation, we learn how Britt met Hank. Right. And we'll see that later in the series, but that's for the spoiler section. But we hear the story that Hank basically caught Britt robbing a place. Right. And instead of arresting him, he took him out for waffles. Yes. Which is just the perfect... It so wraps up everything about their friendship and their partnership. And waffles fix everything. And waffles. waffles fix everything. The other thing I think is interesting, and again, this is getting into spoiler territory, and I'll, we'll wait till later to really discuss it, but I find it interesting that what Hank is talking to Britt about telling Katie how they met, Hank's advice is, come clean, tell her the whole truth. Yeah. Right now. Uh-huh. That is the exact opposite advice he will give Katie later in the series. That's true. And I don't know what that means for Hank and Katie's relationship, Ooh. or how Hank relates to women versus how he relates to men, mm. or how he relates to Brit versus how he relates to everybody else. But he does seem to hold Brit to a higher standard than almost everybody else that he knows. That is true. And I think that's really interesting. It could be argued, uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much either, but the, the severity uh, of the incidents, yes. comparing Brit's incidents with uh, Katie's incidents. Right. Because they are kind of very different beasts. They are, but they're both sort of, they get to the heart of trust in the relationship and that yeah. kind of thing. It's just the level of, of betrayal, if you want to take it that way, is maybe different. But we'll mm. we'll talk about that when we get to the spoiler section. Right. So the other theme that I think is running through this episode, amongst the other many themes, is Hank's relationship with the truth. Yeah. Because he lies to Britt about Jason mm-hmm. early on, and that bites him in the ass almost immediately. Mm-hmm. He lies to Jason and Gretchen about the credit card fraud and all that, which also pretty much bites him in the ass immediately. We don't know in this episode that Gretchen and Jason know the truth about Hank, but you get that sense when they're talking to him that they know full well what's going on. Mm-hmm. At least I do. I read I, it as them knowing it. I, I have a feeling that Gretchen has an idea do you think that's why she goes to him? I think so. Yeah. Like to, to give him the chance to sort of opt out? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get this feeling that, that she knows Hank. There's the, there's the little sliver of doubt. Yeah. Which, which may or may, you know, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe this is just, you know, right. some hacker or something. I think she may may have had an idea, but she, I don't think she, she doesn't hate Hank. She's definitely tired of his shit, but I, yeah, I think, I think she was trying to give him a bit of an out. I think so. And then the other stuff we'll get into as we talk later, but Hank telling the truth he is brutally honest this episode when he's honest and it's not always the best choice yeah sometimes it's done out of anger sometimes it's done i'm not sure why and then the uh the whole finale of the episode has Britt telling the truth to his girl and hank telling the truth to his girl in a way with very different results right we were talking a bit about how gustson is warning Britt. yeah we are seeing in this episode how hank whether he's trying to do the right thing, because yeah. a lot, because some of the stuff he's doing here is definitely self-serving. Yeah, he, he's trying to do right by his client. Uh, he's trying to do well, really, Miriam, who I consider to be yeah. his client after all. Even though Armand is is he, the one he's got paying, but Armand he doesn't like Armand. Right, exactly. It, it definitely shows. I mean, by the end of the episode, like Miriam winds up being a loser. You know. Yeah, and it's a lot of just the fallout of Hank's decisions, the way yeah. he decided to handle things, and we uh, as viewers can kind of see. This is kind of what happens to yeah. people who get close to Hank, you know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I love Hank, and I think he's a great protagonist, but he's like a he's a he's like a bomb. He he might yeah. go off and ruin things at any time. He's definitely dragged friends into his drinking and, and yeah. the things he did when he was doing that. His methods as a cop, whether it was the shortcuts or the conviction that he's right, which may be Hank's most dangerous flaw. Yeah. When he's sure he's right, he 
just goes off. Yeah. Well, he'll break laws yeah. just to drive that point home. Yeah. Yeah. So let's start by talking about the C plot. Okay. Because we're not worried. We debate whether which one's the A plot. <laughs> but we know which one the C plot is. And that's, this is our first look at Jason, Gretchen's new fiance. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's played by Lauren Dean, who's been in a lot of films. And his sort of notable role, he played Russ Brennan on Bones prior to this. Okay. He is trying on jackets at the Ascot shop, which I love <laughs> yeah. that back. I love that backdrop. I don't know who created that little awning in that. Yeah. But yeah. it's such a great, like, cheap looking little tuxedo shop in yeah. Ocean Beach. Yeah. <laughs> such a nice little bit of local color. And I love that. Britt bumps into him, steals his wallet. And, of course, we find out very quickly that Hank told Britt this was a job for Maggie. Right. Just and then some background checks. He didn't ask Maggie too many questions. Yeah. So he's just going to do the system. My favorite thing is that they don't let him play that string. Like, Hank's lies never last all that long. No, no. They usually evaporate. He's, he's a good bluffer, but he's not a long game liar. Right. And so when Gretchen sort of bumps in and immediately Britt figures out what, what's up. Yeah, Britt Brit, goes in to return the wallet that he stole. Yeah. And hears a very familiar voice yep. from the other side of the, yep. the shot. My favorite thing is, and this is so what Hank and Britt are about, is that Britt doesn't go to him and get mad and talk about, right. how could you betray my trust like that? Why didn't you just tell me what we're doing? He what he does, he starts about seeing <laughs> that that was the biggest cock he's ever seen <laughs> and how whoever that girl is with. What? Nothing. Just this, well, this this guy buying the tux. What? Yeah. Unbelievable. What? When I went back to replace his wallet... Caught him in the dressing room and his pants down. God, man. I mean, I've seen some porn in my day, but nothing like what this guy had. I mean, down to his knees, practically. Are you sure it was the same guy? Oh, yeah. Positive. And the funny thing is, is I saw it half-masked. I can't imagine what it looks like, Bridget. His girlfriend probably hits her head on the ceiling trying to climb the top of that thing. And we're not even talking about girth yet. You could screen a movie on that python. That guy probably ruins women. God bless him. Can we talk about something else? That just killed me. Later on in the episode, and I'm just going to jump through the C-plot, basically. Okay. When Gretchen calls Hank for help and then brings Jason over to talk to Hank, it is super awkward. Oh, yeah. They did a really good job of showing sort of what that's like when you're with an ex and they've got their new person and you don't have a new person. Yeah. And you're definitely not over them and you're not ready to move on and they have already moved on. Yeah. And you want to hate the other guy, but you can't do that. Mm-hmm. And especially the added layer on top of where they're asking Hank's help in yes. a situation that he created. Yes. Help us solve this problem <laughs> that is, in fact, you. Yes. Yeah. And Hank, of course, being Hank, doesn't own up to it at this point, which would probably be the safest, safest thing to do. The safest thing at this point would probably be to say, okay, look, it was me. This is really mature. I'm sorry. I'll, right. t- I'll quit it. Right, right. Instead, he's like, I'll take the job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll we'll see more of that later on. That's that's definitely a dropped in C plot. Right. But I thought that putting a face on Gretchen's new love this early was a really good call. Oh yeah, and making him a guy that we like. Mm-hmm. He's not Hank doesn't trust him. We get immediately get the sense from watching this that Hank is the guy who's irrational here. It's not right, that Gretchen exactly. isn't seeing something. This guy's secretly slimy and evil. Hank has a good radar. He has a good sixth sense for yeah. people and who to trust. Yeah, which we'll discover uh, much later in the series. when it's revolved around his own personal history. Yeah, yeah. Know? That's absolutely true. Yeah. He's got blind spots. Yes. And I wonder, you could argue that you know him becoming partners with Britt was his sixth sense functioning. He spotted a, that this was a good kid, essentially, yeah, despite the fact that he was out stealing. But at the same time, you know, he does get, Britt does get him into some trouble. I don't know, maybe if that wasn't the right call, maybe Brett would have been better off going through the system and rehabilitating himself. We don't know. Maybe. 
So let's get into the A plot of Miriam and Armand and what appears at first to be a standard P.I. tracking down a cheating wife story. So the, as you noted earlier, the motivation for this is Hank needs that loan. Yes. And Hank is the last person anyone... This was before the banking crisis. Right. But it doesn't <laughs> matter. Right, it was. Because no one would give Hank a loan at this point. <laughs> like now, right now in modern days, post, post-banking crisis, it doesn't matter what P.I. job Hank did for the banker, right. he would not be getting this loan. Exactly. But this was at the point where the guy could do him a favor and get him his loan. Right. Wouldn't do it unless it was a big favor. And the big favor he asked is... Find out if my wife is cheating on me. Yep. So we meet the bank vice president, who is uh, named Armand Foster, and he is played by Sean Doyle, who had just come off playing Joey Hendrickson on Big Love. Oh. His latest stuff, he's playing Dr. Alan Cook on House of Cards, and Sadavir Ehrenreich on The Expanse on Sci-Fi. Okay. So he's done all right for himself. Armand asks Hank, what, what do you guys do? Mm-hmm. And Hank tells him, and there's a, it was a famous bit that I remember that was in the promos, and goes a little something like this. Uh, My partner and I do any number of things. We recover lost property, locate people, private security. We'll jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton. You pay us enough. The next part of that plot that we see is when they are trailing Miriam Foster, Mm -hmm. who is played by Olivia Williams, who had just come off playing Adele DeWitt in Dollhouse, where she was sort of the Ice Queen boss. And this is a very different role for her. Her most recent role is uh, Liza Winter in Manhattan. But this was her only appearance in Terriers, and it's a really memorable one. Mm -hmm. We see her dining alone. She meets Hank in the garage. It's almost like a meet cute. It was also weird, too. When I was watching this for the first time, that was a bit where the hairs on the back of my neck stood up because it was like, you're not supposed to talk to the person you're tailing. That's, right. That's like, yeah. that's like one of the that's one of the things you're not supposed to do as a PI. Right. Don't yeah. do that. Yeah. I, but I, I love the way that they, they interact. You immediately see a chemistry between them. Oh, absolutely. Then he sees her out crying alone in her car. Mm-hmm. And so he goes back to report what he thinks is the good news. Right. And would have been the good news in any other version of the story where he's like, hey, your wife's not cheating on you. Mm-hmm. She seems a little sad, mm-hmm. but everything's good. And Armand flips his shit yeah. and yells at him and says, you're a terrible detective. I'm not going to give you a loan. How I could you not? I wanted proof. I wanted proof. And Hank is just utterly bewildered. Yeah. yeah. Because he didn't think, he's like, okay, well, I'll stay on her. I'll, I'll see what's going on. He does what he can to salvage a situation. Yeah. At least stay on the job. And then there's a, a really nice sequence later on in the show where the, where he's got Brit with him and they're following uh, Miriam mm-hmm. around. Yeah. Terriers makes really good use of San Diego. It was a great uh, found set. They did such good location shooting for Terriers. It was Terriers. amazing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that he, you could see it coming, that something was going to, she knew she was being stalked. Yeah. And the <laughs> the mace in the eyes. And I love that he asks her, he's like, was that pepper spray? She's like, no, it's mace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, like when Brit runs up and he's like, oh, wait, what happened? And he like slips and yeah. slides and falls on something. Yeah. Probably the spilt mace. Yes. You know? And what I like about that is it immediately puts her in sort of a, an open mood, mm-hmm. like she feels bad. She's done. She's done something to him. Yeah, and so once she hears that they've been hired by her husband, yeah, something switches. Like if, yeah. if it were any other situation, even if it said, you know, we've been hired by your husband, and if there wasn't already something at play, she would go fuck yourself. Yeah, you know, and then run away. Even but then, once she hears that, yeah, she's automatically like, oh my god, oh my god, please let let me help you. So it's like. Okay. Yeah. That's not something you would often see in someone who's being tailed. Right. You know? Even then, though, I do think part of that is that she's maced him. mm -hmm. Like, I think if she had not maced him, if it had been sort of a, she turned around and said, why are you following me? Or something like that. Yeah. And he had then explained, I don't know if it would have gone quite as well. I think she would have said something like, well, it's not none of your business, you know, and and gone off on him, even though she knows what's going on. Mm. But because she sort of was put him in a vulnerable state, she was allowed to become vulnerable herself. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we learn her husband has a cuckold fetish. She wants to 
She's been faking these affairs for his his benefit. Yeah. Interestingly enough, she was his shrink who fell in love with her patient and then married him. Yeah. And they have a really interesting conversation about that. There are times when he's as loving and sane as any man I've ever met, which is why I go through with it all. Listen, I'm sorry. No offense, lady, but you kind of sound like a shrink. That's because I was. That's how I met my husband. I, I fell in love with my patient. I quit my practice, and that's my psychosis. Chronic caregiving. You can see how the marriage would work, huh? Maybe I'm the crazy one, but you know the old quote. We all go a little mad sometimes. Who said that, Freud? Norman Bates. The next place that that plot goes is some of my favorite stuff in this episode. Mm -hmm. It's some of the lightest stuff in the episode. It is, because it's no longer the tension of trying to solve a mystery. Right. It goes from... Kind of what's like your standard cheating wife job. Yeah. To now it's this kind of bit of theater. Yeah. Because now it's a kink game gone awry. Right. You know? And kinks, really, so much of that is just theatrics anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and the interesting thing about this to me is that they aren't trying to pull fraud on her husband. Like, they're not doing this just for the money. This is what he wants. Yeah. And this she's is in a tough. She... She's in a really tough spot because she wants to satisfy him, give him yeah. what... Give him kind of what, you know, presses his buttons. But she doesn't have any interest in sleeping with anyone. I think that's what's interesting here is that the husband absolutely sees this fraud and, and does. But it, Hank is really tr uh, helping him. And Hank and Britt are both helping him. And so is his wife because he wants the honesty, but she doesn't want to do it. Right. So really his answer would be no if she just said, no, look, I'm not doing this. Right. So instead she's trying to accommodate him by lying to him. He's frustrated because that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. And so we get this whole thing where, yeah, it's like the play acting and that kind of thing where Brit is going to stand in as the lover. Right. Brit is completely nervous about it. Oh, yeah. Which is hilarious. And made even funnier by Katie's insistence on being part of it. Yeah, yeah. And her enjoyment of directing the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've never loved Katie more than in that moment where you see how secure she is in her, her relationship with Brit. Yeah. Like that she's fine with him being naked with another girl. Yeah. She's worried about the woman. Right. She's worried about her being comfortable. That's true. That's true. Uh, I just thought that was so telling of where they are that she's so comfortable with that whole thing. That is a, that's a good observation. And it was really, really funny. Uh, of course, it immediately blows up in their face because Armand, as these things do, when he gets what he wants, he's not satisfied. He mm -hmm. wants to escalate. Yeah. Now he wants to watch. Mm -hmm. And before they can even figure out what they're going to do about that, Armand has Googled and seen that Britt was Hank's partner, right. figured out what's going on, mm -hmm. confronts Mir Miriam about the whole thing, everything blows up, and Hank is still not getting his loan. Right. Or at least he wouldn't be if something else hadn't happened. After Gretchen and Jason come by. After Gretchen and Jason come by, and Hank is in a very vulnerable spot because he's just seen the woman he loves with the man she now loves, yeah. Miriam comes in. And they're both very broken people at that point. Yeah. Because Miriam has had this confrontation with her husband. Mm -hmm. Hank has had this run-in with his ex and her new fiancé. And they sort of decide to take comfort in one another. Mm -hmm. And I don't and think it's... Her and Miriam, as a chronic caregiver... Yes. She has a, a little line, very sweet and very broken. And then they move in for the kiss. Yeah. So there's definitely something on, on her side where she... You know, we, we see in this, in this moment, she yeah. has a very... She is definitely attracted to men who need fixing. She's got a twisted Florence Nightingale thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Let's jump back before okay. we talk to the last yeah, nine yeah, minutes. Yeah. And let's go back to Ray. Yes. And the B plot or the other A plot mm -hmm. of the show. So early in the episode, they're in this bar. And again, I want to talk about the lighting on this show. Because 
the lighting that they use on the show, they really get used to that natural light, that Southern California light. I don't know how much time you've spent in Southern California. I know you've spent a fair amount. You've done some time in Southern California. Uh, visits. Yeah, visits. visits. There's something about the lighting in Southern California, the natural sunlight you get there that's mm-hmm. different from everywhere else. Mm-hmm. That sort of hazy beach light that yeah. you get. And it is so perfect in this show and really so perfectly is. used. And the sort of open to the, the street bar that they do here is, is really, really well lit. Uh, but you want to talk about the bar. Well, mostly about the locals in the bar. Yes. Uh, just because having seen this episode and then watching the whole season, I kept wondering, I wonder if they're going to go back to the bar and yeah. do a little bit more with that bartender. Yeah. You know, or like, uh, or who was that big fat guy who basically said, hey, your name's in the paper, kid. Yeah. That was a, a New York accent. I apologize. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the accent I know. The the guy in the background who laughed when Britt took his shot. Said, yeah. All right, let's take off our shirts and talk about our childhood. Yeah. The guy in the background who like, <laughs> kind of like chuckled and I'm like, just in that little tiny window of time. Some really nice extra work. Yeah. Some, the extras were amazing. Yeah. And it was like... There's a whole show going on in that bar. Th- there is. There There's is. There's a whole yes. show going on in the bar. <laughs> a show which is directed by a special guest star. A guy we'll soon find out is Ray. Comes in and robs the place at gunpoint and says to Britt, How you doing, pal? Yeah. Very and quiet under his breath. When he gets home, Ray is waiting for Britt. Mm-hmm. Ray is played by Maximiliano Hernandez who people might know as Amador on the Americans, mm. or they might know him because right after this, his next role was Agent Jasper Sitwell and Thor. He was Sitwell? Yeah. No. I didn't realize that till I went back to rewatch it the second or third time, and having seen all the Marvel Cinematic, I'm like, wait a minute, I know that name in the credits. Holy cow, yeah, that's Sitwell. that's Jasper Sitwell, sir. And he's the, great the, here. The, the weird, nebishy, yeah. kind of nebishy, mm-hmm. kind of awkward... Uh... Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was really cool, and I always I liked Ray. Yeah, yeah, uh, I liked Ray anyway. But knowing that he was this actor that I liked huh. made, made it better for me. But Ray is is sort of he's sort of sleazily charming. Yeah, like you instantly like him, but you also are sort of on your guard the whole time. Oh yeah, I mean his appearances. Yeah, you know, it's he appears where it's like, oh shit, wait, what? When we first meet him without the mask on. Yeah. He's already in Britt's home yeah. talking with his girl. Yeah. And the next time we see him, he's kind of tracked down Katie. Yeah, she just goes just walks right up to and, her. And is automatically like, oh shit, no. You know, the hairs are rising in the back of your neck. He's threatening one of these characters we care about. Right. right? And Katie doesn't see it at first. Katie is sort of, you know, Katie's Katie. She's right. joyful and smiles at him. She's like, oh, what are you doing here? And chats with him. Right. And then quickly figures out he's got an agenda. Yeah. Because Katie's not dumb. No, not at all. Uh, Katie's smarter than Britt and probably Hank, too. No, yeah. <laughs> so when he starts in on the ask how how you guys met, right? She knows immediately what he's trying to do, and that immediately put, puts Ray and Britt in sort of a bad place. Oh yeah, because not only is Ray trying to tempt Britt back into the criminal lifestyle that he deliberately left, mm-hmm. he's also messing with the best relationship he has, right? Or second best, if you think Britt and Hank is the best relationship he has. Well, that's 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 interesting because I mean. Uh, again, with almost every plot in this episode tying into relationships of some kind, in a very short amount of time, the same thing is basically happening to both Britt and Hank. Hank's business partnership, his partnership with Britt, yeah. is placed on uncertain ground when uh, Gustafson kind of put that bug in right. Britt's ear. And actually, in a good part of this episode, he doesn't want to have anything to do with Hank. He realizes his current job is one that he's only taking to get a house loan, half of which of the house deposit is Britt's. Yeah. And he's just kind of pissed off because he feels like he's being jerked around. Right. Britt, his romantic partnership is being placed on shaky ground from his ex-business partner who's putting a bug in Katie's ear. Yeah. You know? So there's there's manipulation going on. 
on. And it's and it's amazing. This parallel wasn't super obvious when I first saw it, but there's so many things going into the planning of each yeah. episode yeah. of this show. The stuff dovetails really well yeah. in, in this. Uh, amongst that, the thing we talked about, about them both telling the truth to their girl at the same time. Yeah. The other thing I think we see here is the first glimmers of Brit's temper. Oh, yeah. Because Britt's been the easygoing, laid-back guy for the first two episodes. That's true. But yeah. when he gets that call on the phone in the motel, yeah, he's on a tear. He tears out of there. He is angry. Yeah. And when he goes to confront Ray, he's got a gun with him. Mm-hmm. It's not loaded, which tells you, again, everything you know about, about Britt. Yeah. But the intent that he came with to bring the gun and sort of threaten with it tells you that Britt is a guy who's serious. When someone comes after people he loves, that he will react in kind of a violent manner. Oh, yeah. Then we get to Britt. Telling Katie the truth about how they met. And is this in that last nine minutes? This is in the last nine minutes. Okay, yeah. so let's let's jump to that last nine minutes okay. because you were talking about this before we start recording. And the last nine minutes of this episode are really tense. For all that the tension's been dissipated mm-hmm. by the reveal of what's going on and the cuckolding and it's all fun and games and they're mm-hmm. making a pretend porn and that kind of thing. Right. It ratchets you, you, right back up. You think they got this whole thing solved. You, you think know? we're in the denouement. Yeah, like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna just okay, that's it. We're so we're done. T minus nine minutes. Yeah. Hank enters Armand's office. Yes. And Armand, smug bastard as he is, yes. uh, reveals, you can sign the papers, but I am not going to sign them. Right. And that's when he drops the ball. He found out the plan. Oh, shit. We're in the last nine minutes. Yeah. You know, he found it out. They're gonna, the, the good guys are going to lose. Yeah. You know? T minus eight minutes. Hank's ire, his, his, temper, his own temper starts to boil. You can yeah. see it happening. Yeah. T minus seven minutes. Hank drops the bomb. Smell my finger and sign my fucking loan doc. Yeah. You know? And then as a viewer, I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, man. And the funny thing is, that's not even the worst thing that's going to happen. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's T minus six minutes. Armand signs the papers. Yeah. Completely destroyed. Completely just, just, just annihilated. Our heroes have won. Yeah. Yeah. Hank leaves. Yeah. And then realizes, oh, wait, there's one signature he needs. He He goes back in the office. Armand is on the pavement outside. Yeah. And that was... A brutal shot, by the way. The, really the special was. effects makeup on that was really good. Yeah. Like you, they didn't just show the open window. They, they could have definitely just shown us uh, yeah. an implication of what happened. But they showed us what happened. I think that makes it more brutal and more effective. It really was. I'm curious. Do you think Armand deliberately didn't sign that to screw Hank over? Or was he so, so distraught he wasn't even thinking about it? Uh, not sure. I think he was probably just too just thunderstruck. You know, yeah. it, was know, more of, know it was more over, of an oversight than a deliberate stab. Probably an oversight. I mean, I mean, I really do think in those last few minutes that he, like the full reality of everything hit him. Yeah. You know, we hear from Miriam's retelling of the night before that, you know, oh, this guy's a complete asshole. He told her to get out. And, right. And all that stuff. But I think we see in that last moment where it's like, wait, I did hurt her. I yeah. don't want to hurt. You know, it's like part, part of uh, what his fetish is he gets the pain onto himself right you know and his suicide note is that i only wanted to hurt myself even though i don't like the guy yeah it's like i do think in that last minute he kind of realized you know he he came to a realization right and it's probably too too much yeah uh, for him to handle see and here's what i would argue though and this is why i I don't have a big as big a problem this doesn't like put me off hank where i know Mm -hmm. with some people had some trouble liking hank after this episode yeah is that armand in response to learning how selfish he's been and how much hurt he's put on his wife, mm-hmm. instead of deciding to deal with that and become a better person, yeah. decides to inflict so much pain in a way that can't be taken back. That's true. By killing, he takes yeah. the easiest way, easy way out again. Yeah. And so I don't feel too much sympathy for him. All my sympathy is reserved for Miriam and for Hank. T-minus five minutes, though. The death just happened. Yeah. 
And what's Hank going to do? He's going to commit fraud. Yeah. And forge a signature. Yeah. And get that fucking loan doc. Yeah. And that's so telling of Hank. That's what he does. They cheat. That's true. They take the shortcuts. That's what they did when they decided to pretend that Miriam was having an affair with Britt. Mm -hmm. They take the shortcut. That's sort of their modus operandi. Mm -hmm. And I love that even at its at the sort of darkest moment, that is Hank's core. Yeah. His instincts mm -hmm. are to cheat, to take the shortcut. Yeah. And it will and always this, bite him in, in the ass. In this particular instance, it was not to solve the case. It wasn't to get justification no. or, or vindication for one of his buddies. It was to it keep was, his house. It was to keep his house. Yeah. So it was completely selfish. It's selfish, yes. Yeah. T-minus four minutes, we think, oh, it's a change It's a change of scenery. Yeah. Here we are in, in Britain, Katie's apartment. Yeah. And, oh, oh holy shit, well, after that tense moment uh, yeah. at, the, at the loan office, now we're into some, uh, some, hey, some good... Some Brit, light romance. Some Britain, Katie time. Yeah. Brit comes clean. Yeah. And Katie is pissed. Yeah. So pissed. And, you know, as a viewer, like, no, no, yeah. these two... She know. tells him to get out. She opens the door. Yeah. T-minus three minutes. Katie may be pissed. And we see Brit kind of like a puppy dog. Slumping out. Slumping out. Pulls his hoodie up. Pulls yep. it over his head. Yeah. And then Katie, under her breath, says, wait outside for five minutes. And then break in to the bedroom. Yeah. Give and five minutes so I can get undressed. I said earlier that I never loved Katie more than when she was directing the, the video, but I loved her more. This here. moment, I yes. loved her so much at that moment. <laughs> because, it, like, and inside, yeah. so, like, emotionally, I'm, yeah. like, I'm being, like, yanked around yeah. like a dog yeah. in a chain, you know, from, like, oh, my God, like, you know, the, the, the jig is up, the, yeah. the loan officer knows, oh, my God, Hank's such an asshole, but, wow, what a great asshole. Yeah. And then... The guy dies, and then Hank, right on the heels of the death, signs the papers, and right. we're already kind of being led through like all these twists and turns. And then with this one, it's like kind of like a sad moment because like, no, we don't want Britt and, and Katie to break up. But then it's like, oh no, they're not going to break up. They're going to have <laughs> one hell of a fun night. They got the makeup sex without having the fight. That's right, <laughs> and it also shows that like you know. Again, kink pops up again because yeah. there, there's some stuff going on here that yeah. Katie, Katie might kind of like. It's a, it's a fantasy, yeah. Yeah, and Britt, and Brit, in this very episode, he basically says, you know, that thievery, he gets off on it. So there's all sorts of things happening here. Yeah, that's true. Know? That's a good point. Um, T minus two minutes. Hank comes back and touches base with Miriam. And oh. also, and if you're watching this on Netflix, it's like, how much time is left in this fucking yeah. like, what's It's like, so tightly edited, yeah. It is. And, and it's also a heartbreaking moment because they... At first, they're cool with each other. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad moment because, you know, they know that they died. But then Hank, right? like you said, Hank, like Britt comes clean with Katie. Yeah. And Hank comes clean with Miriam. And it just, it, it kills her. It destroys you know? her. Yeah. And that was Hank, again, at his most selfish. It was mm. Hank unloading his guilt on Miriam. Yeah. Because she did not need to know that. She did not she need did to not. know. You're right why he killed himself because now she feels like she's part of it yeah she knows what that note means she knows and the uncertainty what might have been bad but the certainty's worse yeah that's true hank absolutely destroys her and he does it meaning well yeah, and that's, that's so telling of how hank is and it's also it, it kind of makes gustison's warning come into perfect clarity yeah because it didn't happen to brit yeah but it happened to someone else yeah and we see that Hank's uh, own marriage is in shambles, and I'm sure it's because Gretchen experienced something similar to that as well. And we definitely see this is part of the pattern of what happens to the people around Hank. You know, it sucks, you know, because he's a great character, he's a likable person, uh, and he's kind of fighting the good fight for the little guy, but, but it's also... I mean, wow. I mean, just just the, just the, yeah. the negative effects of, of, of what come from his decisions and his uh, actions. Yeah. Uh, it's a fucking bummer. 
His judgment's very questionable. Yeah, yeah. He might as well admit. Biggest, I mean, okay, so after that thing, you know, we're kind of, we're led through, you know, there's been a death, there's been fraud, there's been an almost breakup, and then then makeup sex, and then then this incredibly gut-wrenching thing where yeah. poor Miriam is, is left in tatters, and we see Hank coming back home. Yeah. We're ending the episode with a soft, melancholic, bluesy kind of denouement, and wait, what's happening behind Hank? <laughs> Who's that with her hoodie up? Why are they crawling into the crawl space? What yeah. the hell is happening? Yeah. Credits. Credits. Yeah. What <laughs> happened? What? What? Yeah. I remember very vividly the first time I saw this show, and I was like, what the fuck was that? It, like, went Lynchian for a second yeah. there, you know? Yeah. It was like, like, is it, are we in the Black Lodge? Are we dreaming yeah. this? What the hell is happening? Why? What are we seeing? And the answer lies beyond the spoiler barrier. Right. So, <laughs> if you have not watched Terrier Season 1 all the way through, if you've only watched up to Episode 3, take a break here, come back next week for Episode 4, and maybe, you know, when you've run through the whole series, come back, listen to this episode again. You can listen to this past the spoiler break. this was was the payoff to the clues dropped throughout the first three episodes the clues which you didn't even register as clues no they, they could have been like little bits of character there, development there are several in this episode alone there's yes, yes uh he talks about a senior moment where there's a box of cds on a shelf he doesn't remember putting away yeah yeah when miriam walks into the house there's a box he thought was there that's missing yep and he talks about noises in the attics mm-hmm. there's all these clues that something is going on the first episode of course was all about you know, food being missing, and he thought he had a rat and that right. kind of thing. Like, like it didn't they put like a carton of milk back? Yeah, or something. Yeah, like an empty that. carton of milk. Yeah, we don't know that that's a payoff. So it just looks like this crazy thing where someone broke into Hank's house. Exactly, and, and someone's going to kill him the next and, episode. And also, I mean, like the last time we see Britt, he pulls his hood up and yeah. he walks out the door. Yeah, you know, with his hood up. And I'm like, so wait, like, yeah. what is that? Was that Britt? Yeah. Well, why is Britt breaking yeah. into this house? But, this makes no sense. But it's just his sister, and it's a thing she does. It's just his sister, and yeah. we'll find it a lot more in episode four, Fuster Cluck which I'll we'll cover next week. And, <laughs> a great man, it's a great episode. Uh, I got the chance to rewatch that one at ATX Fest this year, and it was a blast seeing that on the big screen. You saw that? That was on the big screen? That was on the big screen. Really? That was a lot of fun. I also want to talk spoilers about Katie and Hank and Britt. What I alluded to earlier is that when Hank is talking to Britt, he tells Britt, tell her the truth. Come clean. Tell her everything. Right. And later on in the series, Katie's going to make a mistake, and Hank is going to tell her, bury it deep. Don't ever tell him. You have to live with the guilt. It's your secret. Which is funny because it's the opposite, not only of what he tells Britt, but the opposite right. of what he does with Miriam. Right. Oh, you're right. So the question is, is that Ooh. Hank learning from his mistakes? Does he think that mm. that was the wrong way to go? Because it doesn't backfire on Britt, but it does backfire on him. Right. And is he thinking, oh, I made the wrong choice, and who knows what I did to their relationship? I've got to get Katie to keep this in the closet. Or is it that he treats Britt and Katie differently? And I don't honestly know the answer to that question. It's a good question. But it's, it's something, definitely something that I'll be contemplating. Something to wonder about when we get later on in the series and we get yeah. to that sort of heartbreaking that is also going to bring Britt's temper back to the fore. Oh, that's true. And, yeah. Wow, uh, there and are it, a lot of parallels. Oh, yeah, there's, a lot, of, that one. there's yeah. a lot of stuff developed here. 
There was something I noticed. Uh, I watched a little bit ahead. I was just going to like watch up to episode three. Sure, but you can't do that. And record the episode and then continue uh, continue on. Sure. Uh, but I watched. I did watch Foster Cluck, and there's a there's a moment uh, when, when it's revealed who that mysterious person is. Yes. Climbing into the into the crawl space. Yeah. When Britt comes by the apartment, Hank has to kind of introduce Britt. This is my sister. You know, he has to like give he has to give Britt the whole yeah. backstory. Yeah. When Katie shows up, Katie already knows. Katie knows. Yeah. He knew Katie first, and that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so, so, I mean, Britt, you know, like Britt and Hank may be, you know, incredibly close doing all these cases and stuff, but they're, even even in little things like this, there are still things that Katie knows more about uh, Hank yeah. than Britt does. And that's why whenever we talk about relationships on this podcast, I always talk about Katie and Hank and Britt. It's not just Katie mm-hmm. and Britt. It's the three of them. Yeah. And Gretchen is sort of on the outside. She is. She is. I mean... She Katie, also, I think she wants to be on the yeah, outside, too. Katie yeah. likes her fine, but it's clear that Gretchen has divorced herself from this whole yeah. world. Yeah. Okay, I think that about covers it for episode three. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Nate. Mm-hmm. And thanks so much for all the artwork you provide for the show. Listeners, you can check out more of Nate Bliss's work at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. And at the end of episode three, what do we have? We got Framing an Ex-Connex Partner, an Illicit Affair, a Forged Loan, and a little light credit card fraud. Yep. And we got fun. Beach Cop Detectives is an independently run podcast co-produced by Randy Lander and Grant Davis from the TV Dudes and part of the Permanent Record Network. Music for this series includes the surf music tracks Happy and Whimsical by Paul Tayan. To hear more of his work, go to soundcloud.com slash Artwork for the show is by Nate Bliss. You can find him at n8bliss-art.tumblr.com. You can like us on Facebook at Beach Cop Detectives and on Twitter at Beach Cop Podcast. You can hear weekly TV commentary by Randy and Grant at thetvdudes.com. Thanks for listening.